Hello and welcome to our podcast series created by us here at Broadsword called Be Listening. Today we are joined by Sean Stansfield, co-founder of Point3, an impact-led employee well-being agency that focuses on the mental health and well-being of people in the workplace. Sean, welcome to the podcast. We're incredibly excited you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Christine. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've gone from working in the events industry to working in a well-being agency. Can you tell us more about Point Three's journey and how you developed the business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from my end, I was incredibly fortunate in that one of my managers in my previous um, work guys was uh, Nikki, who is now one of the co-founders at Point Three Wellbeing. Nikki was significantly more developed when it comes to things such as emotional intelligence as a twenty-something. Um, mid to late 20s chap I certainly didn't have a huge amount of that to fall back on um, but as a manager she was incredibly supportive and she really opened my eyes and it meant that we had lots and lots of conversations when we were not talking about work which revolved around those things that we would we were doing to support ourselves at any moment in time and then a couple of years after that Sarah um, joined the agency and so we all actually met at a, an event marketing agency called TRO and we had some fantastic years together there but what we probably didn't realize when we first got into the world of events was that it's often cited as the fifth most stressful industry out there and I think more by luck than by judgment we just happened to be doing a number of things that were supporting our mental health and our well-being which meant that we were probably a little bit more resilient than others in the industry. Mm. So we were fortunate in terms of working for some fantastic clients. And um, we also really were passionate about running. And so we would take time out of our days, uh, kind of over, over lunch to go and run. And at that point in time, we just thought that was supporting our physical health. But the reality of it was, was that that was also supporting our mental health and our general sense and state of well-being. But fast forward a couple of years, and I think we got to the point where we we realized that we wanted to have more kind of intentional control over those things that we were doing. And we wanted to go and better understand the mind as well as the body. And so we retrained. Nikki first trained as a clinical hypnotherapist. I trained as a movement coach um, and Sarah also trained as a movement coach. And we then went and worked with psychologists, scientists and doctors and um, in essence created a suite of content that we thought would be really useful to support busy individuals in the workplace like we had been. And so Point3 was born and that was back in early 2018 and over the past uh, four and a half years we've had the opportunity to continuously develop and improve, well certainly I hope improve, our content, our delivery, our ability to support both individuals and organizations to thrive um, over these past few years and we've we've absolutely loved the journey and so at, at point three our very simple mission is to help people to stress less and smile more and we we very much hope that day by day we we do as much of that as we possibly can definitely need someone to help de-stress and learn how to de-stress <laughs> absolutely well i think the big thing is that you don't know what you don't know and it's only when you know it and often it's very simple things 
that uh, you realize that small changes can lead to really big impactful um, improvements in, in kind of your health and well-being. So that's very much what we aim to, to bring through. Pocket science rather than rocket science and think small and sustainable. As it is Mental Health Awareness Month, why is it important to prioritize our mental health? I think mental health plays such a big role in enabling us to perform to our best. And when I'm talking about performing to our best, I'm not just talking about in the workplace, I'm talking about outside of the workplace as well, because actually this, the two are so so intrinsically linked. But when you are performing to your best, um, it feels really, really good. But the reality of it is, is that you do need that that strong baseline of well-being. Yes, you might um, be able to live with um, with mental health that isn't in a great place, but it will feel like you're surviving um, and it certainly won't feel like you're able to thrive um, through whatever challenges you're being um, thrown. And, you know, aren't we being thrown a huge amount of challenges? So a good foundation of kind of positive mental health will really, really kind of support you um, through kind of the day to day challenges and nuances of life. Yeah. Do you think many adults ignore or neglect prioritizing their mental health? I think there is a chance that we don't prioritize it for many, I would say the majority even. Um, But why is that? I think it's maybe that we've been brought up constantly being told to prioritize our physical health, to get out and to, you know, support our physical health in, in any number of different ways, whether that's a walk in nature or whether that's maybe something a little bit more extreme. But And so physical health really does come with the natural positive connotations, but mental health on the other side certainly has had stigma wrapped around it. And so the conversation, it feels like it's only just at this point starting to gather momentum. So I think for many adults, actually, it's only in the past couple of years where they've even really started to think about um, kind of mental health as something that you can positively support, that we can have positive mental health. And so um this is this is something that i'm hoping over the upcoming years as this conversation becomes more prevalent and and as we start to view mental health in a different way it really will lead us to being um, more intentional about supporting our mental health and really prioritizing it yeah i do feel that a lot of people around me are kind of a bit more open about their mental health but do you think there is still that stigma against people with poor mental health? And do you think that differs between men and women? I would say there is absolutely the stigma there um, surrounding mental health. Often, I do believe it's actually kind of an unbiased conscious that we have around it, that, you know, that just simply comes from having grown up in a society where mental health is viewed as a negative. So without a doubt, stigma still exists. I do think that um, the more that we have these conversations, the more that awareness days um, drive drive these um, kind of conversations in the workplace and outside of it, the more likely that stigma will start to um, be eradicated. But it certainly is, um, is, is still kind of having an impact. With background in events, what have you come to believe poor mental health looks like in this industry? as it's a pretty fast-paced, intense, go-go-go environment. Uh, without a doubt, the events industry is a seriously fast-paced, 
always on i love love that kind of go 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 sentiment that you've just brought in there and that's why it's really so addictive to be part of but it is also coming at the expense of course of our mental health and our well-being um you know often we're working long hours late into the night um you know many many days in a row over weekends and so on and so forth so it certainly is having an impact on individuals um, in this in this kind of industry, I think the the big thing with the events industry is that it's it's it can be, and I certainly found this anyway, quite hard to build routines because different projects bring with them different challenges. Meaning that it can be quite hard to establish those really positive routines that are going to support our mental health and well being. Therefore, when we're trying to create these habits, they they can often slip um, before they've really really kind of taken root. So I think the big thing with the events industry is just looking at what are those really small things that you can do, no matter what project you're on, where you are, that you know will um, support your mental health and well-being. And I think a big thing for me is actually just spending some time just understanding what your well-being non-negotiables are. Ideally, these are those things that are quite small that you can do maybe little but often that will just give you that opportunity to decompress. And then when you do come back to that workspace, um, you'll be able to come back with full focus and energy. And of course, uh, your mental health in as positive a place as possible. And as we are somewhat in a post-pandemic world, how do you think the pandemic impacted our mental health? And do you think as a country we dealt with those effects properly? I would say that um, it's it almost goes without saying that the pandemic has significantly impacted, um, for the worse, people's mental health. Now, the statistics are are certainly showing initially that um, that mental health has been impacted, but the big surveys often only come out. So, for instance, the NHS in the UK um, carries out a survey every seven years. It was due to be carried out last year in 2021 but was actually held up because of the pandemic but it'll be really interesting to see how how much um of a change are we seeing in terms of how people are perceiving their own mental health um to be na- uh, kind of now versus when it was last carried out in 2014 but i do think that the pandemic um has 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 kind of impacted us a lot of course things such as uh physical connection um, has has um, has significantly been reduced, and even now, for now that kind of we are moving into that post-pandemic world, there's still the nervousness in the back of many many people's minds about about COVID and the impact, and that is of course having an impact both on our physical but also our mental well-being. So, plenty of things that are going on there, but. Interestingly, these will, these will all be quite individual. Some people will be nervous about certain things, but not about others and vice versa for other people. So there's certainly no silver bullet in terms of how we're going to fix this. But I think if we all build self-awareness, then at least we can start to make some kind of individual changes that will better support us as we move out of this um, kind of post-pandemic phase that we've been in. Uh, since we are running out of time, do you have any advice or practical tips on how people could prioritize their mental health in such a crazy industry? 
So one of my big tips would certainly be just considering what your well-being non-negotiables are. And a way that we love to do this at point three is to really simplify it. So we ask ourselves a very simple question. I believe I can cope with whatever life throws at me so long as I. And I'll give you a quick couple of examples of my own just to show you um, how small and, you know, on the outside, maybe insignificant they might initially appear, but actually how they can really have a big difference. So one of mine, which is a very new one for me, and these things do change, is I believe I can cope with anything that life throws at me so long as I pick up my book and read it for at least 10 minutes each evening. Now, for me, that just sets me up for a really good night's sleep. It also enables my mind to turn off and, of course, my eyes to, to shut down from having been looking at, no doubt, too many blue lights through our screens. And I found that that small thing that I do on a on a nightly basis really, really does support me. Now, for me, the, the tip here is to make sure you've got that frequency and that duration in there. By having that, well, that means that you can start to intentionally build it into your week. Now, it's really worth trying to come up with three things that positively complete that sentence, because those ideally would be your well-being non-negotiables. And I would then encourage you to both build them into your week, but also to, in this industry, go out and find out what those well-being non-negotiables are of your colleagues. Because when you start to understand what they are, then that's when you can start to create a really supportive network in the workplace. If I was to know um, one of your well-being non-negotiables, then I could say at time, at particularly busy times, if I was a manager or your colleague, I could say, are you finding the time to still do that? And if the answer is no, well, actually, that's that's the point where we can look at how we potentially reshuffle um, work commitments to make sure that that does start to fit back into the schedule. So it's only a really small thing, but it means that you can be both self-aware of your own needs, but also it, you can start to build a really supportive culture. Now, in the industry of events marketing, often we are um, known as having that kind of stiff upper lip and aiming to be as resilient as possible to all of these different challenges that do come in. And, you know, the events industry is certainly full of constant little to large challenges. But I think the more that we are open and we talk about it and we we, we spend time kind of checking in with ourselves. You know, how stressed am I on a level of one to 10 today? How would I rate my well-being on that same score? Or even in a team meeting, going around and asking a question such as, what is one word to describe the emotion that is most prevalent in me at this moment in time? Starting to build that awareness and importantly sharing it with others in your team space both creates that space of psychological safety, but also enables you to make positive action, whether that's positive action for yourself or for someone else within the organisation that you might feel needs that little bit of additional support. So I think the more conversation that we have, the more beneficial it's going to be, particularly in such a fast-paced, kind of challenging industry like the events industry. A special thank you to you, Sean, for sharing your experience and more about Point 3 with us today. I especially love your points on knowing what your non-negotiables are for your colleagues. I think having that awareness is something that when I was a manager back in the events industry, I didn't necessarily have these really small, simple tools that really would have set me up for success. 
it actually would have enabled me to start to have these conversations with those that I managed that weren't simply a, simply asking how are you because the reality that is some people might struggle to answer those kind of things but by knowing actually those things that support them then that's when you can really start to open up those meaningful conversations and it's something that I wish I I was more aware of back when I was a, a manager. If you'd like to see similar content to this, you can follow us on our socials at Broadsword Event House on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, or at Broadsword Group on Twitter. Please visit our website at wearebroadsword.com. Thank you for listening and hope to see you at the next one. Bye for now.